Oh, 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 you see, oh. it's, it's funny. It's funny because it's not even a review. The Nostalgia Critic just seriously remade the entirety of Pink Floyd's The Wall and called it a review and it's the worst fucking thing on the internet, man. It's the worst fucking thing on the internet. I've had yep, to, I've had to yep. watch reviews of it. Why have st- you had to watch them? Because, Why have you had to? Because I'm fascinated that it has created an explosion. All that oh changed God. the channel shit last year and this is the thing that's made his fans go, yeah, we, we don't like this anymore. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Matt, I've watched second-hand reviews and I still got contact cancer. Yeah. I'm dying, Matt. Well, you know how hard it is to be funny in this woke climate. Oh, don't you know, you've really got to push the throat out. Awesome. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, oh, it's God. a wonderful world we live in, kids. You've you heard about this nostalgia critic video, right? I've heard it's about it. I've not, I've not... Well, yeah, because, Watch. of course, it bounced around the, the Douse and Lindsay Ellis, yeah. H. Oh. guy triumvirate. Oh, a bit God. Watch the... Ra- um, Ra- uh, Ralph the Movie Maker, his second channel, Ralph Seppi. For that, he just did a watch-along with it. Like, he, he's put oh it down to, like... Days. He's put it down to, like, 20 minutes, but it's, it's majestic. It's beautiful. What is nostalgia critic even... What is it anymore? Like, oh. what, is, what is it anymore? Well, its original charm was it was just simple reviews with a cartoon man inspired by Daffy Duck shouting about stuff that hasn't aged well that we thought was good when we were kids. And that was the charm of it. Ironically. And it was kind of cute. And it it's worked. content that hasn't <laughs> aged well when we like to make it. And it's turned into a horrible sketch show. I saw a brilliant comment where someone on Twitter said, um, if he really wants to just make movies, stop making this shit and go and make a movie. Yeah. Like, go and do it. You know, or, or say that you're going to pause the Nostalgia Critic and then go and make a movie and then bring it back later if you're worried about your income, whatever. Fine, whatever. But, I mean, for Christ's sake, Corey Taylor's in it. Fuck off. Corey Taylor's in the video. Fuck you. You know, when, when Pink sat there just sort of Fuck like... You. In the film, they all just sat there watching everything, like in the chair, slumped. Yeah? Um, it's that narrative thing they keep going back to the visual. Yeah, yeah, the uh, That's device. him. That's Fuck him in the thing. Fuck that. And then his son plays the young him. Nah. And nah, then nah, nah, at nah, the nah, end, nah, he confronts the nostalgia critic and basically bollocks him because he's like, it's a review. And also, why am I in this? You didn't have me say anything. I just sat in a chair. So they acknowledge the fact that it's a stupid fucking use of Corey Taylor. Keep in mind, this review is entirely in song bar some lines toward the end. It's it's a it's a quote-unquote loving tribute. It's a fucking awful parody is what it is that completely misses the point. The wall is apparently the internet and social media now. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. phone's bad. Yeah, there's marching iPhones. I'm not phone's even fucking bad. kidding. This is a thing. Phone's bad. It's marching iPhones. And then Corey Taylor does sing at the end because he goes, now you've got me. And then he sings SpongeBob SquarePants. For reasons. This is funny. For this reasons. Is, this it's comedy. This is a, this is, this is a thing. P- song, I will, whenever someone says song parodies aren't good, fuck off. Someone who can out. write an incredible song parody like, should be put on a pedestal and worshipped for all time. No. Your mate's like, Minecraft is... song parody that he made in his bedroom isn't good. Oh, God. No, but you know what I mean? Like, like, it's... Weird Al's good. Song parody is, is, is a genre that is mostly populated by talentless fucks who don't understand how comedy and music work at the same time. It's people go, oh, that... right, nostalgia critic. Guess what the comfortably dumb... Uh, comfortably dumb, there you go. Comfortably numb parallel is comfortably dumb. And he's just good. singing about, like, this is a really dumb song, it's kind of pointless. Like, Wow. So funny the nostalgia critic he, is, is getting on people for being dumb. He misses the themes completely. Right. He misses every single theme of every single song. He misreads it. There's, um, oh God, I can't remember the track now, but he refers to one of them as Oscar Bates song. The album was written like three and a half, the release three and a half fucking years before the movie was. Why would any of the songs be Oscar Bates? 
It wasn't created to be a movie. It was created to be an album. They just... Oh, my God. The, the whole parallels of, like, um, Roger Waters losing his dad in Second World War, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, no, he conflates that to, oh, school is a concentration camp. So, no, that's not what the... Mm. No, mm. The, in the film, they... Oh, for mm. Christ. Good. Ah, mm, good. Mm, and good, here's good. the best part. Okay. So... Oh, God, there's a best part. Best part of the trial. All right. Best part of the, the movie is arguably the trial. <laughs> is it... Is it <laughs> the whole thing is a trial. No, whole, no, 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 I mean... The, the wall. No, no, I'm I'm on the trial because it's this culmination of all the stuff you've followed throughout the story and all these horrific, like odd characters that have been part of his journey. Like it all comes together for like that sequence. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, in the nostalgia Creeks video, there's these weird little CGI beasts uh, done by a CGI artist on um, YouTube called Fenner. One of these things just keeps appearing occasionally, and then at the end, it confronts him on his shitty analysis of the film. And then he... I'm not going to put play any sound because I don't want them to get any claim to this. Then, for some reason, he randomly gets brought into their world and their parody of the trial is just him being harassed by these CGI creatures for five minutes, right? Now, it takes talent to animate computer generation. Yeah, especially right. if yeah, you are yeah. one artist doing it. Yeah. It takes a lot of talent. Um, the lyrics don't make sense to anything that's happening. In the, the lyrics are steeped in the separate lore of these characters from this guy's YouTube channel. It they have nothing nice to do with the, but they have nothing to do with the video or the topic. Toward the end, they sort of bitch about the wall, and that's kind of it. But also, as nice as and fluid as the animation is, I've seen a lot of people say, "What's with these shitty deviant art like beasties?" And the artist Fenner has attacked them by saying, "Like, right, don't be saying things like that. That's horrible." Or something, blah blah. blah. But I'm sorry, they all look like some kind of furry kink dream. Every single one of them. Some of these characters are dummy thick. Look at that. The hell is that? Why is that? that uh, also, what? their singing diction is terrible and you can't hear what they're saying in the thing. It's it's good. None of this makes sense. None of these characters appeared throughout the review, by the way, apart from the little black, red, and white, uh, red and white cat thing. Yeah. None of them appeared. It's it, So it doesn't even serve the purpose of the trial of being like a wrap-up of the story. It just happens. Um, I want this That's video... Terrifying. I want it to die. I want the video to die. I would like someone to drag it out of its its pre-set reality as a piece of digital media, bring it into a corporeal form, and stab it through the knee. I want you to find this video! And I want it dead! And I want his family watch it, dead! Watch it just crawl away. Until it realizes it's crawling to a cliff and it falls off the end. I, I, but the most depressing thing about this is that this is the thing that's ups- turning people, his fans, off of his content. This is the thing that's turning them off, not the company allowing uh, a sexual abuser to work under their thingy, not all the stuff that came out in the Change the Channel document we talked about last year. Yeah, this is the thing that's making the hardcore fans go. This was kind of rubbish, guys. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to watch anymore. Do you think it's self sabotage? No. I think it's just excessive narcissism. Do you think someone... Do you think that they made this and generally thought, this is a masterpiece? No, they sat around at a screening and thought this was the best thing they'd ever made. <laughs> oh, this, God! This is our mark on the internet. Anyway, enough about no. dragging people through shit. Let's pull them out of the toilet. No! Welcome, boys and girls! Welcome to... <laughs> after eight minutes of Chris's 
nostalgia well, critic hate. We did we did Rusty Davis retrospectives the last two weeks. I thought we could do this episode with a Stephen Moffat like cold open of we've ten got, minutes. We've got two <laughs> weeks of Venom oh, and not the movie. Two yeah. weeks of Venom stored up in yeah. our in our sacks. I went on a holiday and over. I feel angrier than ever about a lot of the stuff we're talking about. How does that work? It's disgusting. It just oh well, it's God. just been it's just been a it's just been a fuck, it's been a couple of weeks, man. It's been it's been a fucking weeks. couple of weeks. It has been it has been it has been four score fourteen day and trine since we, are, we here last gathered at the Tower of the Crystal. We are a couple of days away from having to watch. <laughs> having to watch. From having to watch. <laughs> from having to watch Joker. And talk about it. Isn't it weird? Which I am dreading more and more with weird? every second that it gets closer. About three weeks ago, it was more, yeah, looking forward to Joker. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. interesting. And it's the closer it's got, the more it's like, really don't want to support this. And there is one fucking massive reason for that above the others. There's a few reasons of contention, but, you know, it's Todd Phillips. Todd Phillips keeps opening his fucking mouth. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's like, oh! So he's the Scarlett Johansson of directors. Oh, it's God. Like, please stop talking. <laughs> just, just, just stop just talking. Just do the work. Don't say anything. No publicity oh for you. Todd Phillips, director oh, of Joker, Boys and Girls, God. in the past couple of week alone, has attacked uh, woke culture. Yeah. Um, it's, it's impossible to be funny in yeah. this woke culture. There's no, nothing funny in entertainment. It's been revealed that Tell his that to Phoebe Waller-Bridge in a fucking Emmys, you <laughs> It's been revealed that his pitch for the movie was to trick people into thinking it's a comic book movie and then make a real movie, was his quote. Fuck you, Todd Phillips. Fuck you. Cool, so you're going to make an original concept then, are you? Do- oh, no, you're going nope, to nope, sell you're it based on a comic book. piggyback it off. Yeah, cool, okay, cool, 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 you cunt. Um, add to that the fact that all the reviews I've seen have been... There's been a lot of very positive critic reviews, but a lot of them allude to the idea... That this is Taxi Driver and, and King of Comedy. Yeah. It's like, oh, so it's not even an a original the, film. Yeah, a lot of the mainstream media critics have been fucking loving this film. They've been oh. jerking off all over and it. I, and I bet there is absolutely stuff to, to shoot your arcing we'll, ropes we'll, of jizz We'll find over. out, we'll find out. Yeah. But also... <laughs> so... <laughs> Apologies I have seen, image, everyone. I have seen more than a couple of, of, of critics whose, whose work I uh, follow... Describe it as what if what if Scorsese but Joker? Yeah, and um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's not interesting to me at all. Same. So, Same. but I guess we'll find out. You could you could do that with a Batman villain. You could tell a story of Harvey Dent. You could tell a story of somebody who's like goes through the ultimate level of you know corruption overtaking yeah. him and him being torn between the light and the dark. Like, you could totally but, do a Goodfellas on something like that. I mean, we, but like with Joker, is the character remotely interesting when Batman isn't on the canvas as well? Well, I mean, we can dunk on Todd Phillips all we like, but we're going to have to wait until next week to pass judgment. I want the film to impress me. I, really I hope. Do. I hope it. I hope I go in there and go. You know what? I actually really enjoyed that. But we'll see if I do. We'll yeah. see. We'll see what happens. Um, but there's other things to look forward to, Christopher. I think there are things to look forward. There to. are things to look forward to if. It we don't want to come out. Hey. I don't have anything else I'm excited about um, except for the fact that I really want to see um, the financial battle between Cats and the Rise of Skywalker. That's the only. Oh, that's the only yeah. single thing I'm excited about now this year. Just watching those two fight. No, someone asked that's me. Hilarious. Um, Ian asked me on stream uh, the other day how what I was looking forward to in October. And I looked up October films and I was actually like, oh yeah, there's some decent stuff coming out in October. So we've got. Um, 
this is a digression before we get into the main news. No, thing. hit me. I, but, uh, me? Digression? I've, I've never yeah. heard of such a thing. But, you know, coming up this month, we, I mean, obviously we've got Joker. But we've got Gemini Man the week after that. Uh, we've got Zombieland Double Tap. Aye. We've got hmm, we've got Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. Oh, Christ. Uh, Sean the Sheep, Farmageddon. That oh, that'll be good. good. Fun. That will be fun. Uh, that's on the 18th. Terminator Dark Fate, which I'm more and more intrigued by every time I see uh, stuff of it. Mm. I know, that last trailer I thought looked like it might be an interesting film. True, but... Uh, notice I don't use the word good. Yeah. <laughs> but it might be interesting. I'm, I'm, um, I'm already, I already have defensive walls built up now at the notion of anything to do with Terminator beyond number um, two. Adam's Family comes out on the 25th. Yeah, um, voice acting in the trailers, which is weird considering how good the voice cast is. Especially considering a lot of them could just straight up play them on screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oscar Isaac as Gomez. Adams. That would yes, probably be please. a more interesting movie. Was it Oscar Isaac and Charlie's Theron? Oscar Isaac and Charlie's Theron. Is, they would be uh, brilliant as Gomez and Morticia. Uh, They'd be great. And instead, they're trapped in a voice yeah. box. Nick Kroll is Fester. Yeah, he'd be great. I'd watch. I watch the shit out of Nick Kroll's Fester, especially if he's just playing his character from Oh Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Just shave him bald. <laughs> Stick him in a robe. And then, you know, tying off October, we've got fucking um, Doctor Sleep. Most yeah. even King goodness. Yeah, okay. Well, there's quite um, a few films to look forward to then, actually. So, yeah. you know, it could be a good month. But beyond those horizons, <laughs> beyond those horizons, we've had, <laughs> had a few trailers dropped uh, in the time that we have been away. Birds of Prey. Birds uh, of Prey. Favourite, Kestrel. I like the way they swoop. Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Is that the full title? Uh, uh, yes. Something like that. Although, um, by the way, the marketing's going, you think it was just called Harley Quinn and some other people. But Harley the, Quinn. The trailer doesn't focus on anyone else to the point where I'm really upset about that because I'm like, you've got Black Canary in your yeah, movie. Yeah, it just kind of flashes past You've got them, Renee Montoya in your movie. Think about I that, mean, though. We're getting Renee Montoya in live action before we get Bullock. Good. Yeah. Well, technically, we've got Bullock. Well, also, can we get Bullock? <laughs> technically, we've got Bullock in Gotham. Eh. Where everyone is Bullock. Because everyone's a dodgy cop with a heart of gold. <laughs> well, I, I, now, I'm sorry. Bullock is not a, a, a crooked copper. He is in everything. He's a violent copper. He is a violent copper. He's not a copper. Even, even, even Tim, I've never read a comic book in my life, especially the one written by Kevin Smith-Burton, um... <laughs> Made the call when they were doing Batman 89 to not name the bent copper Bullock. Yeah. It was going to be Bullock. And then at some point he went, no, different name. And they called him e- Eckhart. Think Eckhart, about the future! The future. <laughs> but he's basically, in everything except his corruptness, he's yeah. Bullock. Like, slovenly, big guy eating on the job. Like, it's it's dressed like him. Like, yeah. there he is. Um, that's what, Weirdly, that was the first thing that made me go, I don't want to watch Gotham. When I found out that Bullock was a corrupt cop, well, they missed the point then, so... I'll wait till then. I mean, from what I'm telling out. about Gotham, everyone's a corrupt cop. And also, the thing that struck me about Gotham is when you see the inside of the Gotham police station, it's like, this looks like there was a fire. <laughs> Everything's black. God, it's awful. Why oh, is everything black? I'm going to announce it here in the podcast now to save myself some freaking time. People keep saying, you're going to do another Best Joker series. And I had been planning. I had been mapping it out. Yeah. Because there's been that many sort of interpretations of him since. Yeah. That it would make sense. In fact, I was going to try and bring it out to coincide with the home video release of Joker. I'm not going to do it now. Because since, since Joker's come out, I mean, I'd have to watch a bunch of Gotham episodes, but yeah. since uh, Joker's come out, uh, or, the, or since the festival uh, the other week, um, every video containing anything to do with any Joker that I've made, and I'm sure it's the same with a lot of other people now, yeah. has been copyright claimed by Warner Brothers. 
Fuck that. Everything to do with the Joker. So every single episode... Now, my channel is not particularly making bank at all. It's not even monetized anymore at this point. Because fuck YouTube. <laughs> fuck YouTube. But I have no incentive to no. put more money in their pocket. No. If they are going to manually claim nearly three years after I made it... Yeah. All my remaining videos... I'd, I already claim for clips. I don't give a fuck about copyright claim anymore because we don't make any money off YouTube. No. So Which is why Patreon.com yeah. slash Big Damn Cast. Thanks, guys. If, if something gets copyright claimed, it gets fucking copyright claimed. That's fine. If if one wants to take me a core about it, I'll I'll prove fair use. That's not a problem. There's precedent for that. Come to me, homie. But like... Together we'll break these chains of love. Um, but like... What the fuck? Like, you, yeah, someone uploading a full movie on YouTube. That's copyright infringement. I yeah. get that. But using clips for illustrative purposes during a video essay is not... Oh, that's fair use. It's absolutely fair use. Uh, so Absolutely freaking fair use. Uh, I think one of our big damn ones got claimed. It might have been one of my YouTube ones. Got claimed um, recently for something that wasn't even belonging to the, the person in question. Um, I'm trying to what it was. It might be one of my recent ones, actually. I'll have to look at the things. Um... One I, th- I think, I think it was... No, I know what it was. Uh, it was our... Uh, I think it was our Patreon trailer. What? It was copyright, was copyright claimed. Yeah. Uh, Despite what? containing no copyrighted music or, or anything like that, it's... And it's got some Incomtech stuff in there, but that's credited. Yeah. And it wasn't claimed by Incomtech. So... What the fuck? It might, it might, it's either our trailer or it's some I uploaded the same week. But it's mental, isn't it? YouTube's a broken house. Yeah, it is. Oh, no, that's it. It's not, it's not our Patreon trailer, sorry. It's my showreel. Your show? Oh, my showreel. fuck that. Copyright claimed for a piece of music by a company that isn't even in it. Good. Good. Weird, that, isn't it? That's the algorithm, Weird ladies and gentlemen. Bloody hell. So, that's fun. Uh, but do you know what else is fun? Birds, Birds of Prey. Of prey. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, it looks like it could be fun. I think it looks... See, you, you surprised me because when we were talking about it before the show, you said you thought it looked a bit dull visually. Yeah. And I think it looks like one of the more visually interesting movies to come out of Warner Brothers in that sort of superhero mould. It's, it's It's got a... It looks like it's got that sort of um, musical, music hall feel to it. Like there's going to be... It wouldn't surprise me if there are full-on musical sequences in this. Um, whether they be in universe you know, or if, in if, Harley's if head. In Harley's head, that that bit on stage when I saw that, I was like, "Oh my god, is that her performing yeah. at Sionis's club? Because it appears he's got a club." Yeah. Or is that in her head? Because if it's in her head, I'm all for it. Like, like the hands with the eyes between the fingers is like the sort of decoration thing that's sort of hinting towards Black Mask. I think it looks cool. Yeah. If if you are if you're gonna do if you if you're basing this a little bit more off Harley's recent comic book runs but you don't want to do the subtle fourth wall break stuff because Deadpool's kind of monopolized that in this landscape currently. Yeah, and also Deadpool then, did it first anyway. Then the way to do... Well, uh, She-Hulk, I think, did it first, didn't she? Well, out of the two, but yeah, She-Hulk did it first. Um, and she wasn't the first one to do it, but like, yeah. yeah. Um, I just want She-Hulk, that's all I want. We're going to get she I want it now. We're going to get She-Hulk. But now, though. We just have to get Disney Plus first, so we have to sell our souls yeah. <laughs> to the Disney gods! The Disney devil! Oh, God. oh I want your soul for all eternity. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. Gorge, I'm just, gonna take your marriage. Mephisto, played for by just, Goofy. For just six ninety nine a month and your soul. I'm getting my chunkin' hand ready. <laughs> um, <laughs> Goofy wants his money. Look it up on YouTube. The yeah. whole thing's cut together in one video. No, it's, it's beautiful. Glorious. Um, 
But yeah, uh, it's... Oh, God, where was I going? If they're not going to do straight-up fourth wall Harley, then crazy dream sequences. Go for it. Like, I think they are doing fourth go... wall Harley, though. It feels like she's talking to the audience, and that might be... As a narrative device, sure. Yeah. But, like, don't make it a trait. Do you know what I mean? Like, don't make it something that they... That's, oh, she's aware she's in a film. Like, make it more like yeah. Scorsese-esque, kind of, you know, look into camera, delivering the, the narrative sort of thing. But even then... That's a little jarring because I don't want this to be Harley Quinn the movie. And I think that's why I'm underwhelmed. That's what so many people want, though, I think. True, but this isn't it. Like, I feel Harley Quinn the movie is a, a story that you you deliver as a victory lap. You know what I mean? You, you introduce this character. What's beautiful about Harley is, as an independent character, solo character, split from her original story and, and purpose within like the world of Batman and everything. Yeah is that she's overcome something fucking horrible that we, the readers or viewers, have gone like, oh my God, she's really interesting and compelling. And occasionally the story reminds us that, oh, but the situation she's in is actually really horrible. She's one of the few villains you sort of sympathise with. Like, she's scary and she is a threat and a bad guy. Like, there's no doubt and she is a yeah. bad person. Yeah, yeah. But you can see the good in there and you want her to get out of that situation. So, as amusing and as wonderful as she is alongside the Joker in, in any media, like, it, you also want her to get away from him. So, when she does, it's amazing. Because also, you finally get to see her sort of, like, she's still on the crazy train, she's still a bad guy. Um, so, you get to, you know, watch along with the villain doing nonsense yeah. and everything. And you're like, oh, God, she's bad, but she's hilarious to watch or read or whatever. Like, you know, but you get the thing of the liberation is way... It, as, a, as a progressive arc for that person that part feels like it's earned because, you know, she she's developed and pushed away from the toxicity that is dominating her. Well also I'd hope Whereas this movie in this puts we've not paid. seen that. Like this is it's like we've skipped to ch- we've skipped to part three of a three part story. I, I, th- I think we can see that through her aftermath. We can see that through the way that she grows after it. If it starts with her mm. having just split from the Joker mm. Yeah, I mean, we it's still about think, her growth from that point on. I hope we on. get to see why she changed her mind and left him. I hope we get to see that because uh, fuck Jared Leto, basically. Well, I know he filmed. St- they said earlier on he filmed stuff for this. Did he? And then when he was filming Morbius in Manchester, a scene was being filmed in the states of what looked like a dream sequence. So maybe her like in a very sort of um, you know t- typical fifties house and Penny and all this outside whilst the Joker, obviously played by a fill-in actor for these shots, th- was throwing suitcases and stuff out of an upstairs bedroom window out on the on the lawn. Hmm. So the Joker's going to be in this in some way, but they've not announced that Jared Leto's in it. Probably because I mean, they're going to cut his scenes, but they're still going to have like I blurry think... Joker and the peripheral of a dream sequence doing this, that, and the other. But I still think you need to kind of... Because even if you're just going off of suicide, if, if your only if your only knowledge of Harley came from the Suicide Squad movie, yeah, all you would know is she's a crazy clown who's the girlfriend of the Joker and loves him to death. That's all you'd know, despite him clearly torturing her to start that relationship. I think you need to get away from that. Oh no, for sure. But like, the, the most compelling thing about her is that overall journey and, and to, to just skip to the end. It feels like it feels clean slaty. I think part of it's the metatextual thing of I'm also thinking about how DC are handling and Warner Brothers are handling. Yeah, the use I think of you need to franchise. not do that. Yeah, because it's not about that. Let's be honest. The reason this is all difficult 
to take in for me and maybe for others. Like, let us know in the email, bigdumbcontact.gmail.com. Let me know if I'm alone in my insanity. But I think the thing that you could, if you could just remove it from existence and it would make me not be fussed about it, is Suicide Squad. If you got rid of Suicide Squad, I'd just be like, oh, cool, Harley Quinn. And this is a backdoor way to later on introduce a Joker into the DCU. I honestly think that this is going to almost completely ignore Suicide Squad. But like Batman v Super, like Justice League does for Batman v Superman, it still relies on you to have a vague knowledge of it to begin the story. Yeah, but the, uh, relying on you having a vague knowledge of it, or and being a direct sequel to are two oh, different sh- things. Sure, but then Justice League was like that. Like Justice League felt totally jarring because it was ignoring Batman v Superman, yet was based on a key plot point from the end of Batman v Superman as the as the first um... story. So Harley's personal arc here is based on something that is in a movie that they don't really want you to remember No, it anyway. isn't, because you don't see a break-up with Joker in Suicide Squad. True, but the relationship is such a big part of who she is and why she's a clown. I mean, she's a clown. Yeah, but you don't... She, you she's can a establish, skinned clown you can, killer from You can Gotham establish City. that without suicide, without referencing Suicide Squad. True, but I don't think they can resist. I, I, hey, they might not be able to. I'm just saying. It's we, we, not, it's all, this is all speculative. Yeah. Like, I've got no clue, but I... I want to have a good time with this. I think you and McGregor playing Roman Sionis as some flash, like I've got a you know egotistical, yeah. suave kind of like a bastard owning a club and a mafia and everything like that could be quite fun, and it'll be interesting to see how they incorporate his his story into Black Mask. I think this may well be fun, and I'm looking forward so. to it. Yeah, the last the last we were saying before the last like ten seconds of the trailer that is pure Harley Quinn. Yeah, that is great. We should chuck in the bomb Stick of the a dynamite, car on the highway. Yeah. Like was it? Don't call me. Um, or just said, don't call me. Was it lady? Don't call. Yeah, don't call me lady. Don't call me lady. Like I'm, I'm okay with broad chick, bitch. Occasionally, Occasionally bitch. bitch. Yeah. And and just it just chucks the bomb out of the car. Like that's funny. I like that a lot. Um, I don't know. I just like. I just like to live in an alternate universe where none of these movies except for Wonder Woman and Shazam exist. Yeah, but you can't put that genie back in the bottle. Like. And we get Harley's debut in a. Movie with I don't, and Poison I, Ivy. I don't think you can you can judge this movie by its relationship to an existing movie. True. I, I, it's just but it's kind of how many team up films do you think they're going to shove Harley into? Is she in the Suicide Squad? Yes. Well, at least one more. Yeah. She's, in the, <laughs> she's in the Suicide Squad. Aston Hansen. <laughs> she's in the Suicide Squad. She'll they will inevitably get around to Gotham City Sirens, which they've done and then shelved and done and shelved on and off the last few years. Well, didn't this come out of Gotham City Sirens? Sort of. Is this not the version of Gotham City Sirens? This came out of this came out of the Harley Quinn solo movie, but they were also developing City Sirens at the same time. But I I do find that see that's the biggest gamble for me that I think they're taking, and I'm surprised they've done. If you wanted to do a movie with Harley Quinn as a focal point, but also make it a team up, Gotham City Sirens is clearly the most marketable of the two because the pop cultural landscape will be like, oh my god, Catwoman and Poison Ivy. And they'll be all in on it. Like, I know those guys. They're amazing. Yeah, but... Whereas this one is, here are characters you don't really know unless you're sort of into this genre already. But they're also still not well, using them to sell here's the, the thing. film. Well, no, they're not using the sell thing because they're using Harley Quinn. But yeah. here's the thing. Mm. Going back to your point about this being connected to the Suicide Squad mm. and, and it affecting it negatively for you. You say to people, Catwoman and Poison Ivy, what are the most recent, the most high profile things they think about? Well, I don't know because it's not been a recent one. I mean, obviously, Batman Returns. People and, think well, about Batman, Batman think, and Robin. I think people think and the Halle Berry I, Catwoman movie. I, I see. I think that film's lost, except to bad film connoisseurs. I don't know. 
I don't know. I'm I don't fucking Halle Berry in it, man, at the height of her powers. That's true, but I don't think people remember it exists. Before the hit and run. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Uh, Halle know. Berry hit and ran. Yeah. She hit and ran, guys. Um, is she good in John Wick 3? She's very good in John Wick I'll try Wick and forget 3. the hit and run for a bit. While yeah. I, I mean, it. you can't. <laughs> I was constantly needling. We both were when we watched it. Me and Keith we were just like, yeah, and then there was... A- Any time we'd see anything with... Um, with uh, Matthew, Bro- Matthew Broderick. Oh, Matthew, Matthew Broderick. Uh, oh, yeah, remember that? T- oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's all right in this, but remember that time when he killed someone? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just, there you go. Um, you know, I really do love American Wolf in London, but remember when two children and a stuntman died in a helicopter accident? Yeah. <laughs> fuck John Landis. Fuck John Landis. Definitely fuck his son. <laughs> um, but not really, because that's where the no. problems begin. He'll try and make you, um, but don't. Not literally, figuratively. Fuck that guy. Um... <laughs> The King's Man. Only now do I feel safe having my hair like this. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was a brave choice, I thought. Enough time has passed. Mm. <laughs> the King's Man. Looks fucking gorgeous. Um, can we just appreciate how awesome the version of War Pigs <gasps> in this trailer is? Especially because it starts out in the score. Yeah. And then the song starts to creep in. Oh, yeah. More Black Sabbath in trailers, yes. please. I think this looks... Brilliant. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for the Kings, man. I think it, I think <laughs> I, it could I hope be they're leaning on the, you know, on the, 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 the quirkiness of telling a story like this yeah. in that time period with that, you know, the, fu- the what, what they make a point of in the trailer being like, no one expects a gentleman to be this. Like, no one expects the Spanish Inquisition. Our chief um, weapons are surprise, fear and surprise. Our two chief weapons are fear, surprise, and, and an umbrella. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, is that Gemma Arterton? Yeah. Can she be in more things, please? She's She's, great. she's kind of gone away for a bit for a while, she? Isn't she is great. And also she's rocking that sort of like Cockney, Cockney um, uh, Rogue yeah. in there. She's really good. Um, I mean, <sighs> there's no secret that I really did not like Kingsman, the Golden Circle. No, we were, neither, we were not hot on the Golden Circle. It has set pieces I like, but I have, I have a no, no urge to return to it. As nah, a result not of, of how I felt on our first viewing. It I remember, just, I remember it, as well, we were all walking back to the car, weren't we, in a car park? Yeah. And just going like, the fuck did we well, just I, watch? Well, I popped in my parents when they were at the tail end of watching it. They were at the whole Merlin Singers Country Road for three hours. Bit. Jesus, yeah. And, um, but Mark and Strong, like, but also, but yeah. like, that doesn't mean you have not, to let him carry not good. ten minutes of filler for your film. It's just... However, we can thank... Remember that seven-hour-long the... section of the movie where he just sings Country Road while he's standing on a line by <laughs> And I watched that. It was seven hours. <laughs> I watched that. It was um, three days long, Chris. <laughs> we can... <laughs> but we can thank the seed... We can thank the, uh, the Golden Circle for Rocket Man. Because let's be honest, that's that, that seed was so... That is legitimately the best gag in the entire film well, as when well. When he leans into the camera. That is the best gag in the entire film. Yeah. No matter how funny Matthew Vaughn thought anything about fingering was. And it wasn't no. Matthew Vaughn. The so Matthew get your Va- mind out of the fucking gutter the Matthew and Vaughn, do Mark better. Miller, the Matthew Vaughn, Mark Miller sequel disease. Oh, man. It was the sequel just doubles, The sequel awful. doubles down on the thing that wasn't the thing everyone loved. And, and yeah, like but, but the, the worst man, bit of the first film is the anal joke at the end. But without, that's the worst bit of it. But without, you know, like you know, festival culture, without Rufy and Negging all that shit oh, and all these things that are way more a modern kind of you know th- storytelling device for this yeah. sort of thing. Hoping without they can that, get away with the King's that, yeah. Man is gonna you know thrive more on just that central concept that made the first one so enjoyable. Yeah. Get away from the gross action. Mm. Go back. Go to... go go. 
Like, go gore in the moment. Absolutely yeah, go violent. The way the first one does, where it's just like, fuck! Like, some happens, you go, oh my god! But just keep Matthew Vaughn away from sexual humour, because he's not good at it. We do it in the ass. not good at it. We do it in the ass. Oh, God. Uh. It's so bad. You see, it's so fucking... schoolboy. I'll fight for it. When, it just I'll comes fight out for when she says that, uh, just for his reaction of, I will be right back. Like, I will fight for that, because that delivery is really funny. But I, I will never fucking die on the hill of that last 30 seconds of the yeah. movie. It's just so... I, I like that they carry it on into a relationship in the second one. Yeah, like they, the they, they turned like, it into so something different. So it's not just a James Bond sort of one night stand thing. But then they make it into the whole, the you know, yeah. the, 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 the misunderstanding, like, sexual farce thing. And yeah. it's just sort of like, this sucks. You could have done something much more original with this and deeper meaning and instead it's no, you know but Matthew Vaughn just can't keep his fucking schoolboy he can't keep hands he can't, off it he can't keep his hidden camera out of the vagina basically oh fuck you but yeah hopefully the Kingsman is going to get away from all that stuff it looks good it looks good I mean Ray Fiennes fucking Ray Fiennes fucking Risa fans yeah being all Rasputin and shit. Is he playing Rasputin? He's playing Rasputin. Holy yeah, yeah. shit. Because I was looking at him like, that's a Rasputin looking motherfucker. Fucking Tom Hollander's in this. Is he? Fucking Daniel Brühl. Stanley Tucci. Oh, the Tooch. I was rewatching Captain America what? First Avenger the other night and I was like, Tooch is... Tooch is so good. Tooch is so good in this. Jimon Honsu's in it. Oh, they've got Ali Stedman in it. Yeah. Holy shit. It's a really good cast, I love actually. Ali Stedman. Keep going. See what else. Damn. Sorry, yeah. guys. We're just on IMDb. We'll see you in about 10 minutes. Yeah, there's some, some fucking cracking people in this. But the the new sort of king's man, the young recruit, is uh, Harris Dickinson. Yes. Who is a fairly new... Um, new to the... Uh, new on the scene. New to the club. Not got that many projects under his belt. Um, he's in the upcoming Maleficent He's in Maleficent. 2, Maleficent 2 Sleeping Boogaloo. Oh, he did some stuff for Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance. Oh, no, was he, hang on, what, what, what's he credited uh, as? Gurgin. Oh, he's Gurgin! Oh, shit, okay. Yeah, he's, I've no, never seen Dark Crystal He's in it quite a lot. I finished it this last week. Oh! Yeah, it made, I, I had a big commute from Cornwall last Friday, and I had a commute to Lincoln on Sunday. Well, so let's, let's I table... took advantage of downloading Netflix on, on a tablet and watched a bunch of Dark Crystal. Let's table Kingsman. We're looking forward to Kingsman. Yeah. How was Dark Crystal Age of Resistance? Non-spoiler, because I haven't seen it yet. Oh, my God, dude. Oh, my God. Oh my god. Oh my god, how? Oh my god. Right, so you've seen The Dark Crystal, I presume. Recently, in fact. We, okay. we, we watched it recently. That shit's traumatic. It is. Like, we watched it with <laughs> a seven-year-old, and I was legitimately concerned that he was not going to dig it. Kept looking over him like, you okay? But he was fucking loving it. Because that's the thing. He loves creatures, though. Visu- he loves, yeah, he's a, visually, he's it's so compelling. This series... Uh, takes that and turns it into exactly what it is on the tin. It's a, it's a, it's a, a nearly um, eight hour film in ten episodes, essentially. It's a prequel. So it it is set. Get me right. It's it, set a few thousand trine before the it, uh, the events of the movie. And is it post the Urskek split, or is it before, or is it about the Urskek split? The Urskek split of of mystics into Skeksis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, post. Okay, so that, that's oh, right, when right. the series begins. Uh, it is society is as is. The the beings arrive because uh, yeah, obviously that's something that you know from the film. In the series, it's revealed in episode seven. Yeah, that that they were one being and then they became two. Yeah, um, because the status quo of the series is that uh, that these beings arrived on Thra and the Skeksis uh, 
granted Mother Ogre the the access to visions beyond their worlds. She could learn more and more. So she's sort of basically in her like her hibernation. Like, Ogre might be my favourite thing about Ogre the first is film. so good in the series <laughs> as well. Like seriously, I thought I thought Ogre would be sort of diminished. It's the whole thing of like characters used in small doses who make a big impact. Mm. You stretch them out, sometimes ruins. Fuck that. Mother Ogre is even more like brilliant now that I've spent seven plus hours with her in my lifetime. Good, good, good. She's good, good, good. so good. Um, but, so that's where we're at. The Skeksis uh, have a, you know, a, a council, a big cabal, whatever. Simon they, pegs the Chamberlain. They rule... For, oh my God. Don't, how, even, don't even recognise his voice. How is his... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> is it excellent? Pegs, mm, nice, good, yes. <laughs> Make creeping sounds, yeah. He's, I love it. Oh, he's I love amazing. it. I love it. The vo- the vocal cast, um, voice actors and puppeteers who lend their voices included, are stellar in this. Like it's so good. But the the basic setup is, you know, they sent Augur off on her like you know vision quest. Um, there are rumours of an ancient species called the Mystics, but no one really knows much about them. Mm. The Skeksis rule over the land and look after the Crystal of Truth. Um, and the uh, the um, Gelflings are all different tribes and and cities that live in different parts of the um, you know of of, of Thra. Like some there's there's societies underground. There's ones living a place called Stone in the Wood. There's, they've all got their they they all are ruled by a different queen known as a Mordra. Yeah. And the old Mordra is like in one of the castles and all this. Um, they all believe the Skeksis help them prosper and and look after them and and all this good stuff. And, you know, pay them tribute and do all this, that and the other. Meanwhile, up in the castle, the Skeksis are basically like, yeah, we we rule over these weak little bitches. We, this is our world and we'll do whatever the hell we want. And they've been Good. experimenting on the Crystal of Truth because they've realised that it might be able to grant them eternal life. So this, okay. this yeah. once pure white thing that looked after like all of Thra and is the heart of this world is now decaying purple and is missing a shard. And... The scientist, played fucking excellently by Mark Hamill, um, discovers. Oh, Motherfucker, the cast in this is oh, incredible. I, I know. Um, I think. I think. I might be wrong. I think the scientist's chief puppeteer was uh, Dave Chapman. Not um, all the puppeteers seem to be credited properly on IMDb. Yeah, yeah. Chapman is there. Maybe he's. He, oh no, he's the. Oh no, he's the Emperor's body. So Kevin Clash must have been the scientist. Then might yeah. be wrong. I'll, I'll figure out. He's also Gurdjieff. There you go. That's your Kingsman connection. Hey, um, lovely Dave. Stoke on Trent. Um, is Warwick credited on there as well? Yeah, Warwick's like. Oh no, Sternberg. Yeah. Oh look at him. I bet he put that picture up on IMDb. Yeah, yeah. He's it's a he's good picture. Like, he's he's pretty close onto the top series. Warwick, cast, Warwick was the he was the uh, second assistant puppeteer, uh, second uh, puppeteer captain, and he was the main puppeteer for the, ch- the Chamberlain. Yeah. Um, so That's his of, main credit on it. So a lot of hmm. um, they are the scientist discovers that they can drain the life known as essence, essence. from Gelfling because the Gelfling are essence. so close to Thra that they are the purest form of like what makes Thra Thra now that the crystal's decaying. Mm. So once he discovers that, they begin their sort of slow uh slow slow um descent a slow ascent to godhood. Uh, by trying to find covert ways to drain the life from various Gelfling and factions and how they're going to get away with it without ruining the facade that they are the noble leaders of everything. Um, but uh, a Gelfling called Rian, who's uh, voiced by Taron Edgerton and the Kingsman connection, uh, is witness to the first person who is felled by the, the draining. 
and starts to sow the seeds of a rebellion to spread the truth. This is Game of Thrones level like um, storytelling in terms of the way the kingdoms, the factions, the allegiances, the betrayals, the politics work. Um, but it also is very aware that young viewers are going to be watching this too, so it never, it never gets drowned by the complexity. No, it it holds your hand a little, but it never feels like it's it's waiting for you to catch up. Um, the level of world building here is insane. Like it, 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 think about what you saw in the movie. Yeah. Now imagine that landscape is twenty times the size. And with all the different sorts of cities, species, you know, um, economies, all that that would come from it. There is so much in there. Um, you like Fizz Gig? Love Fizz Gig! Plenty of Fizz Gigs. Though, nowhere near as many as you'd think. They're a little treat when they show up. If, if you're a fan of the creatures from the, the movie, um, especially podlings, you're going to get a lot, bunch of podlings of this. You are gonna get a little. There's a no spoilers. Can't but wait. There's a place called Stone in the Wood, and there's a little pub that's mostly like run by little podlings. Oh, it's the cutest freaking thing in the world. Oh, um, there's there's the um, oh my god, what are they called? Oh, it's the Iraq something, but not Iraq. Um, it'll come to me. But like these big spider-like creatures that uh, are believed to be a rathin. That's it. Ooh. They're believed to be part of you know sort of parasite or whatever or allied with the Skeksis. But really, they're a rogue element. And they're just a thing that in the first couple of episodes, you're like, oh, big scary spiders. Yeah. They call them spitters. Oh. Because they spit like, um, what's it, acidic goo at people. Oh, good. Um, good. They call them spitters. Uh, you think, oh, they're just like a creature that we're going to see in the story. Cool. Later on, you even learn about what their society actually is and what it means and, and where their place is in Thra. Interesting. Um, God, it's so good. You meet uh, different... Uh, you meet different... Oh, God. Right, again... Not too spoilery, but you meet a pair where the show finally delves into the idea of them being joint beings. Or literal fruit. You meet a pair of of a Skeksis and a Mystic. Yeah. Who are there? Who are the matched between the two of them? Like they realise that they were once the um was Urskex. Urskex, yeah. They realise that they were once one, and they are Ooh. played by Andy Samberg as the Skeksis. Yeah. Doing the most Muppet esque voice in the whole series. It's Andy fucking Sandberg. And it works of really well. And Bill Hader as oh, a Mystic. Oh, God. Um, oh, God. But obviously, it's a Mystic, so lots of very slow dialogue. Um, they have a bit where they explain the history of Thra through, puppet, through a puppet show. Puppets doing a puppet. They want to tell a story through puppetry, and like, Rianne's like, really? Um, it's. Oh, God. Okay, okay. The technicality of the execution okay. of this thing is nuts. And I I recommend it like crazy. But I do give a warning, dear listener. Um, my wife only watched the first five before she was like, I have to tap out. I can't keep watching. So as if they're all right, she was like, it's the Skeksis. I, just, <laughs> I, just, I can't do it. I can't do it. They are disgusting. And I just can't watch this anymore. Mm. And I was like, that's totally fine. Mm. She's been saying to me since, like, what happened in it? Like, don't tell me in detail, but, like, what happened in it? And I'm like, okay, well, this happened in episode six. Don't tell me, but tell me. Because she wants to watch it, but they are just that... Vile. Off it. And we were talking about it. If they were CGI, she thinks she would have coped. But because it is a real, this is a tangible thing. Yeah, yeah. The, the grotesquery of them is just so unnerving. And, well, and you know. Don't watch it while you're having tea. Good God, do not watch it while you're eating. Seriously. <laughs> oh. Any scene in the Tower of the Crystal, 
guaranteed you are going to see something that will immediately make you go, and I've lost my appetite. I don't want to eat. It's good. good. I love it. I love it. The Skeksis are the highlight for me, though. In, in the, so the, the other side of that coin is they're the highlight for me. Like, the Gelfling and everybody, the way they're puppeteered, beautiful, wonderful, but there's something about the way they've brought characters to these horrible, hulking, bird-like things. Yeah. Um, and they're all so different and so distinct. And again, the voice cast, too. Like The puppeteers, massive credit to them because they've they pulled it off. These things are fluid living beasts and they are horrific. And Brian Froud's designs, of course, as always, hold up and are just this glorious thing. But, glorious! Um, but it, it's the voice actors for the Skeksis are so perfectly cast. Yeah. Um, massive shout out to Benedict Wong as the general. <laughs> He's so good. So good, boy. Jason Isaacs is, um, as the Jason Emperor Isaacs. as well is really good. It's just great. There's just lots of other people in there, like Keegan Michael Key, and you know, yeah, it's actors, a hell of a cast. Just looking at all just tucked in there, like yeah. playing smaller parts. Neil Sterenberg is one of the puppeteers. Voices the um, I can't remember called now. I think, I think he's the he's some like the uh, not the librarian, but it's a character. Or some he's the Skeksis, he's the more uh, learned of the bunch. Yeah, yeah, and his voice is just eerie as sin. Like it's really creepy. Ugh. And if you're a CBBC fan, that's. That's the other puppeteer on Hacker Time. So normally you'll have heard him say things like, you know, Kendra Rowley, Mr. Hacker. Herman and stuff. Just these really lovely little characters. And in this, he's just the skeeviest, like, creepiest. Oh, so good. Love it. uh, But Toby Jones. Because Toby Jones is in it it as well. Really good. It's a very small part, but he's great. Eddie Izzard has a really funny fucking part in the first couple of episodes. It's so good. It's just, oh, Uh. get on it. Get on it. So that's the Dark Crystal Corner for this week. Um, <laughs> Dark Crystal Corner this week. Next week, I'll say the exact same things. One more trailer dropped this week. Dirty bastards. Uh, Did they pick it up? Finally. Well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if they've dropped the ball with this one. Um, BBC's War of the Worlds. It's alive! Yeah. It's actually happening. It's real. That thing that was promised for last Christmas. They filmed it and they didn't forget about... What the f- fuck has taken this so long I because I've not seen have. anything in the trailer where I'm like that must have been really like I the, have a theory the renders of the tripods <laughs> look like they did in the original teaser yeah at the start of last year yeah where it was yeah because it was uh, all we'd seen of it prior to this was some shots in the BBC drama trailer that when they released at the start yeah, of the year it's when literally they, just when the, the tripod they show a bit, of, over they show the a bit of what's just come out in the last yeah. few months and they show what's going to come out over the next few months yeah yeah, I, I have a theory. And that same shot's in this. I have a theory. Tell me the, tell me the theory. Well, before you tell me the theory. Yeah. It's an Edwardian about. set in War of the Worlds. Good. We don't get many of those, weirdly. Looks like it's got a great cast, but we knew that already. It's where Rafe Spall, Eleanor Tomlinson, Robert Carlyle, yeah. other people Good as well. Robert Carlyle. Um, rocking the mad scientist look. You know, it's, <laughs> it's fucking War of the Worlds. The story's there. Like... I was going to go like how can you fuck up War of the Worlds and I'm like actually people have fucked up War of the Worlds quite a bit oh yeah in the past uh, not Steven I will stand by the Steven oh, Spielberg movie oh Spielberg's is great yeah it is great it is a really good movie it's I, it's, I had this... it's just a shame that you know we, we we every adaptation for a long time was yeah but if we make it present day then we can play on the idea of I... what if this happened it's like yeah but part of the charm of the original is they exist in a time where they don't have heavy artillery, where they don't have nuclear fallout shelters. They exist at a time where... Yeah, but like, then they just update the, the technology of the Martians or in oh, Alien true. Venus to match. True, but I, th- that period setting was so unique to, to a timeless kind of you sci-fi know, You know story. what we never got that we were supposed to be getting? Hmm? The CGI animated Jeff Wayne's version. Yeah, but... He was we, working on that for years and it just never happened. But we've got the audible... 
Um, yeah, I've not checked that out yet. I don't, out. I don't. I don't have Audible at the moment, so. Michael yeah. Sheen and uh, Taron Egerton. Yeah. God, there he is again. <laughs> Everywhere that boy, because he's following us everywhere, everywhere. Um, but yeah, it, it's so we've got that version at least. A, music, a musical, it's basically a musical version of the album with scenes and dialogue and everything. Yeah. Um, there is the bit of in the album, but you know, yeah. obviously expanded. Um, my theory, but yes, your theory, about my theory, that, see, which I, is mine. I'm, look, I'm looking at this and going, Ahem. my theory, this, this could be all right, this could be all right, and it's supposed to be coming out autumn, so it's be here, it'll <laughs> be here soon. Probably autumn 2020 at this fucking rate, but you know, yeah. it, hopefully it'll be within the next three or four weeks. I think they have a dud. You think they have a bad one? I think it's a bad one. I think they've been trying to quietly salvage it and they've just got to the point where, because it's BBC, it's co-production, I'm sure it is, somewhere, but... I think it is just BBC, because there is another one being an produced one, in Europe. Yeah. yeah. It's an American-European co-production Which with is the Gabriel present day. burning it. Yeah. Um, I think, I think they have a dud and they've been trying to hold someone along the way is not happy with what they've got and they've been trying to do what they can but they don't have the money or they've been waiting on decisions or they've been trying to get everybody together to do some reshoots or whatever and it's just not worked out so they've gone we've got it we've spent the money we need to get, get this out, out. Um, because there wasn't like a massive demand for it people weren't Writing campaigns well, saying, "Where's this War of the Worlds adaptation?" They, you they, doing? They'd announced it, and then they yeah. announced that because it mostly shot in Liverpool, yeah, in and around Liverpool. And they announced, it and, then it, and it was shot, and then there was a little bit of buzz about it, and then there was a little bit of that in the the BBC drama trailer for the new year, and then it just went silent. Yeah, yeah, and that's worrying. Yeah, because when they've already started to talk about it, and it goes silent for so long. Mm. Oh God, yeah. And they've if, obviously spent a bit of money on it. If no one knows the reason, that the fucking cat. Decisions like this are only ever made if <laughs> if money is a part of it, usually. Yeah. And, and so I think creatively, someone is upset with it, but they've not been able to fund it. It's, it always comes down to money. I mean, Christ, look at G.I. Joe Retaliation. Yeah. The toys came out a year before the film because the film was also meant to come out around the same time as yeah. the toys. Yeah, And then they moved it, but it was the whole thing of, well, we've spent that money and that money's out in the world now, so we need to just leave that. I mean, well, let's, Justice let's League. a quick look at the... Justice, oh, Le- Justice League's me, book yeah. marketing and everything, they overspent like too soon and then the film got released a little later than they were planning and it's just like, God... Obviously, this is not like a big merchandisable franchise aimed at families or whatever, but it's still that that element of the amount it must have... Because they've not had it ready. They've definitely no. not had it ready to go and they've just not picked an air date. Like, no, if it, they'll have been working on this up until now, still. Which and, you mean, if, and if it's an effects-based thing, that would that would suggest me budget because <laughs> that is what slows down effects. You, want, you can well, have effects done... photography finished like a year and a half ago? Yeah, yeah. It, it was, does not it take was, a year and a half to do the effects for like a, what, three-part Unless you can't drama? fucking afford it. Exactly. Or, because you're really not happy with it. It is the old adage of, you can have it done, there's three scans of service, you can only have two. Yeah. Fast. Mm-hmm. Cheap. Yeah. Good. Yeah. You can't have all three, you can only have two. <laughs> that's really good, that's a really good way to put it, actually. God damn, I think they have a dud. I think that's what it is. Oh, uh, I hope um, not. Um, but Peter Harness adapted it. Yeah. He also did, I mean, uh, what else is The he? Monk Trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Some of my least favourite episodes of modern Doctor Who. Uh, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. Um, that was alright. I quite liked that. was okay. That. Stuff he's written. But did I like that because of Eddie Marsden, though? I think that's that might be Wallander. Yeah, like, not nothing. The only Doctor Who of his I liked was Mummy and the Orient Express. Yeah. Which, which to be fair, 
is definite highlight of, of, of Capaldi's. It's the highlight of Capaldi. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, skip past the Clara stuff at the so, end, and you know you're on to a winner. Uh, directed by Craig Viveros, who has done. Oh, he's directing some of the upcoming The Watch, uh, Terry Pratchett series. Mm, okay. Uh, watch. I've never been huge done, on. Yeah. I've never been huge on the telly adaptations of the Discworld stuff. Looking at. Um, I quite like going postal though. But... I I've liked all the the the, the Sky TV ones. stuff. My favorite my favorite adaptation. I, I haven't seen Color so... of Magic, but I did like Hogfather quite a lot. Yeah, that was alright. Um, I think it's because it felt like an, an event. I wonder yeah. if it stands up to rewatch. Do you know what I mean? Like Maybe. at the time, it was really cool because it was like, oh shit. Um, the best Terry Pratchett Discworld specifically adaptations that have existed so far are the, the two animated, animated ones, films yeah, yeah. for Channel 4 they did Soul Music and um, uh, Weird Sisters the Weird Sisters yeah. yeah I don't think I've actually seen Soul Music I've seen Weird Sisters but I don't think I ever saw Soul Music Soul Music is great um, they're really good they are really good actually yeah. god I want to watch them again uh, but they are the DVD they've cast the, uh, the the City Watch show and it's, I think it's in pre-production now Okay, so that would be interesting. But yeah, I, I hope it's not done. I don't like the tripod. I'll tell you that for now. I don't mind the tripod. I think it's too static. Like it just sort of looks very clunky. Do you think that's probably the problem then? Or they're just they're, they're not happy with the the execution. Yeah, or, or, the, or the design, but then they can't. It's, it's come too maybe. far. That they can't I mean, fix it. I mean, I get it. The idea is that it's meant to be this central fret. Like, it's basically meant to be a daddy long legs with three legs. Yeah, but it just sort of looks a little too. It looks like it's been designed with an easy produ- production toy in mind. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, It's yeah. very basic. And I'm like, eh. I mean, no, the one, to be fair, the cover that of, is... The one, the one in the tour and on the cover of Jeff Wayne's yeah. album. That's a similar thing, but it's got the spindlier legs with like the pistons at the top and well, that's the, thing. the more you... alien sort of glass on the, on, the, on, the, on the body that makes it look like it's sort of got this pair of eyes. If you read the book, one of the things that's weird about their technology... Mm. that the narrator comments on is that they don't seem to have the wheel. Yeah. There's no wheels in anything. Yeah, so it, it's cogs it's all, and It's all pistons and, spokes and sliding, and but there's no thing, wheels or anything. Nothing grinding or turning, um, yeah. So it's... It's not cogs, then. <laughs> so I can see... I was going to leave that, but... No, that's right. I, I, I um, think the wrong word. I was thinking of the hexagonal as a I'll let, I'll let you dig your own hole. Oh, um, But yeah, it, it, it's so... <laughs> I can see where they've gone with that, and I don't, yeah. I don't mind the design, and it, but we, we barely see it in motion, and... I really hope it's not bad. Yeah. Because you know me, I love a War of the Worlds. I love that shit. I recently read the uh, the Stephen Baxter penned uh, authorised sequel. Damn. Massacre of Mankind. It's pretty Massacre good. of Mankind? Massacre of Mankind. Massacre of Mankind. Jesus. It's When's pretty, it set? Uh, it's set 20 years or 12. It's set a few years after the... It, it's set sort of around the time that we will be going into... F- First World War. Oh, so, so, so some characters stick around. Um, it, the main character, the main narrator, the main narrator of the first book is in it, is a character in it. Yeah. But the main narrator, it's written in the same style as the first book, but the main narrator is Miss Elphinstone, who is the young woman who the narrator's brother yes. comes across yeah. uh, on his way out of London. Okay. And then they get married in the, in the sequel. They get married after a while, then they get divorced. But and she becomes like a early pro, proto feminist and reporter in the states. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, is it set in the US? Uh, no, it's it's set worldwide. Set worldwide. Okay. Um, but there is a big focus on Britain because also the Martian invasion changed the course of history coming into. Um, <gasps> oh, that's a great angle to take from. Into the first world war, so yeah. the first world war didn't happen. Okay. The same way. Not the same way, but like. 
the German Empire is a thing, but they didn't go after Britain. They've kind of been stuck in war with Russia, and that's right. a whole front thing there. And America should be not on the side doing its own thing. It's a really Very fascinating cool. book. I, I, I quite enjoyed it. I quite enjoyed it. They've got it at Swinton Library. Um, go get it. Um, um, so, yeah, that's good. So, yeah, it, it could be a good book. We hope not. Finally, final so, bit of news. Something that week. could be good. Something that could be good. Um, surprising no one, <laughs> surprising literally no one, because this was basically just a result of two corporations swinging the dicks in public, uh, Spider-Man's Return to the MCU for... Two movies! One more Spider-Man film and one more spin-off movie. Now, so presumably an Avengers-type team thing. This could be how it's prolonged, because there is currently no announced movie that's clearly a team-up or spin-off. No. But they've announced that it's 2020. 2021 for, uh, for third Spider-Man 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 3. film. John, they're in talks. Which is good because with... if they want to be if you want to be the kids in senior year, you need to start shooting in the next year yeah, and a half yeah. before those actors believably stop looking like they're. It in wouldn't high surprise me if they just skipped to college. Um, I don't know. I think. But then, fi- you, but then finish the high school trilogy because then if they do, if Sony do take him back later, you can work out the legal stuff of yeah. like your version of MJ and this and that. They're bringing some of those elements into Sony, and you can end his. End, end the story that is clearly set up in the credits of Far Yeah, well, Home. that's the thing. that They've got to kind of move quickly on that because that is a... Yeah. That's like, tricky. Do that, get that story resolved, and basically by the end of that solo film, put the toys back in the Spidey box. <laughs> yeah. So that if then Sony are like, right, no, he's ours now, they can continue to tell their own thing on, on their own way in a way that doesn't feel like he's been ripped from his family. Depending on Do it course. in a way that feels like he's now off on his own being a friendly neighbourhood Spider-Man with a low-tech suit and all that stuff. Depending, of course, on whether um, Sony is still Sony by then and haven't been bought by Apple. Oh, God, yeah. Jesus there is that works. old can of worms. Jesus but yeah, I mean, or, or, or Apple full of spiders. They're in talks with John Watts to come back and do another one. Come back and do a third. I think that's the best um, th- thematically and everything. Just get the band back together for that third one and yeah. tell that tell chapter three. And they have to tie it off now, just in case. Yeah, make it make it um, make it the end of that era of Peter. Yeah, like, send him off to college. And then after that, it'll just be like when a new head writer takes over the book. Like, yeah, like yeah. do it that way. And if then Holland wants to stick around for that next one, he can. If he doesn't, you recast it, but you can still pretend it's that incarnation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because he's never going to interact with the MCU again, so that's fine. Exactly. Um, as for the team-up movie, I imagine the team-up movie will either be a post-third Spidey one, or it will be a surprise, Spidey's actually a supporting character in this movie. Yeah, like Civil War likely. style. Yeah. Um, um, Doctor Strange? No, that's going to production though, isn't it? That would no, be the it's most not going to production, yeah. Ah, because that's to me. That's the most that's likely. Not until that's the most likely because he's like Doctor Strange is one of the most recurring like other Marvel heroes who pops up in Spider Man stories. Mm. So that that seems that would make sense. That seems like a you know. In fact, um, hey, hey, what if they surprise us with mm, a, a little, a, a very subtle one moment in time kind of strange retcons the identity thing? No, 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 no. No, oh, it's a team movie like. Popping up as a supporting cast member in another film. Yeah. What if they surprise us with a little bit of cheeky Fantastic Four? Oh, God, yes. I don't want to take away focus from their first movie, though. Mm. I don't want to take yeah, away focus from their first movie. Um, 
if it was their second movie and they literally prolonged the contract that long. Yeah. So it's like, Sony, yeah. we want him back, we want him back. Disney, like, we're still using for that team up movie. Well, it's 2027! So? <laughs> it's like, so? so He's going to pop Tom up Holland. in Fantastic Four 2 and have Tom's coffee happy. with Johnny Storm. You know? <laughs> Why not? Uh, so, yeah. I All I know is, you can tell that Tom Holland has obviously, it has been a strain on him. He gave a suggestion of that. I think he... I'll be honest, I don't think it was a this is definitely going to happen scenario based on what Kevin Feige said around the time of D23. I think this was a this is what everyone wanted to happen. Yeah. And and the companies were going to find a way, but the individuals had no idea if it was going to go what go ahead. I think because Tom definitely was none the wiser. I mean, what the day the day after it was announced that he wasn't going to be in the MCU anymore and all that kerfuffle, he takes a day out and on Instagram it turns out he spent the day hiking and having lunch with Robert and yeah. just hanging out with him. And it obviously was like a, some, like his mate has called him up and been like, I think you need a day off. Like, let's, let's go hang and do some weird shit for a day. And when it was announced, Tom Holland's only statement was he posted a clip from Wolf of Wall Street on his Instagram. You know, the bit where he's like, yeah. I'm fucking going nowhere. You know what I mean? Like, all yeah. everyone cheering like, that's all he posted with like a like it was a spider emoji as the caption. So it was like I think he and several individuals, maybe even Feige, because I think this is more a an Iger and everything kind of call. I think individuals had no idea where this was going to go. Well, I I, I, don't, I don't mean that it was behind the scenes. It was always going to be. I, I oh mean, yeah, in oh terms yeah. Of never, like, it was never like they laid because, it out and because went, they took the negotiations to the court of public opinion. Yes, this was always going to happen because. Sony and Disney were both going to look at all the bad sh- PR they were going to get from this and go, yeah. all right, we've got to sort something out. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. So someone, they were all kind of trying to harness their own big dick energy. Yeah, that's and why. Then, I feel and then like got outed by that's... the fact that, oh, no, people have an actual emotional connection yeah. to this stuff. It's not just about them throwing $12 at us once every couple but, of years. But I think, I, think that that's that, but I think that that was also done deliberately to force a deal. Yeah. Because... These companies it's dirty fucking, that they have to do that. The whole it? thing is dirty. That's why, that's why. That's the thing. That's the thing. Why I'm, that's why I struggled to get too personally invested in the idea of not having another MCU Spider-Man movie. Because at the end of the day, it's all just about money yeah. and how much money they can make. And we've been we've been very very lucky that the pretty much every Marvel movie in the MCU, including the two Sony adjacent ones. Yeah, we've been very lucky that they've been made by competent filmmakers well, who are great thing. at telling a story. That, that, that's where where Disney stand up. Where other, you know, apart from the fact that they're monopolizing the industry and that's bad yeah. shit. So we're not we're not talking about Disney yeah. company. We're talking about Disney but studios. The creatives the, the, at Disney, creative, the people who make the films. Yeah. The thing that they understand, and we've said this time and time again, mm. is that if you want people to keep buying your products. You have to keep making quality products. Yeah, and they've learned those lessons by trial and error. They've had their periods where they've just churned out shit. Mm. And I mean, they still look do. at the look, look at, at the live the, actions. Yeah, the live action remakes. But look at the but, but no substance to them. But they're of a certain baseline of quality in terms of the craft of filmmaking. Yeah. So yeah, like you can't. Yeah, then you might not be in love with them. They might not be groundbreaking, but there's that base level of. This is at least this good. It is at least this competent. Meanwhile, Marvel, their animated studios, pictures, yeah. the Pixar stuff, like they they are releasing you, plenty of stuff. We like. You could argue the same good. thing where all of that stuff is at least a certain base level of competency and, oh, yeah, and yeah. quality. Like, look at Thor: The Dark World, the worst MCU movie. 
hands down. Yeah, not a bad movie, but because competently put is, together, yeah. like bland but decent action sort of sci-fi movie. Like it's fine, and that's sort of like the worst thing you can say about it. Same with Iron Man Two, which is another weak link. Mm. Like it's fine, it's competently made. It's not, and it's not a catastrophe. And Sam Rockwell. Um, and Sam Rockwell's great in it. Um, <laughs> so you know it. That's the thing that Disney have over. Um, that's the thing Disney have over a lot of other studios. It's what's enabled them to become the monopoly that they are becoming. Mm. Is that they always they know you want people to spend money on this. You have to have a base level of quality, and even if it is only a base level of quality, you have to have that consistency, which other studios can't seem to pull off. They're completely sort of like. It's totally on the financial side. Yeah. That's that's where their be all and end all goal yeah, and, yeah. and what's it is, which is why so many of them fail spectacularly. Dark universe, yeah. um, you know. It's all I know is I'm happy for Tom. I'm really happy for Tom. Yeah. I'm really happy for Jacob and Zendaya and all the supporting cast because they are now at least guaranteed to actually be in another Spider Man movie because <laughs> they were because they were all in that legal thing too of like yeah. they belong to the MCU. Yeah, yeah. That, that that's why, believe it or not. MJ being different and it being sort of a twist in the first movie is the way it is because Michelle Jones is owned by Marvel Studios, yeah, not by Sony, which is where the Sony own MJ, apart. yeah. Um, so it's her weird being called MJ and like on the toys, for example, like I got the, the two pack, the Homecoming two pack, um, of figures, the Homecoming is, two pack, Homecoming two pack. Oh, they're, yeah. they're branching out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a cameo and a half. <laughs> Yeah, believe it or not, he's still alive. Hey. Um No, the, the Homecoming two pack is Spidey in the poster outfit, in the, in the talking to Karen in the in the hammock oh, outfit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's the, it's a Spidey figure, but he's in the school blazer with the hoodie. I love that. Um, and it came with uh, an MJ with swappable heads. Both are absolutely perfect freaking sculpts of Zendaya. It's amazing. Brilliant. Um, but on the packaging, like a lot of random characters can be for copyright reasons, she's credited. It's credited as Spider Man and Marvel's MJ. And I think in this case, it's because it's like, yeah, they own this that version of, of it. Yeah, Sony could spin Peter Parker off and other stuff, and him have to be played by Tom Holland. But, it's but also, they'd have to have a different MJ. It's not also when it's, it's really weird. It's not just when it's like a specific version of a character. It's also when it's a very generic name. Yeah, Marvel's Scorpion. Yeah, like you see it on Transformers all the time. Like, Marvel Sandman. You get mm. you can't you can't have just Jazz. It has to be Autobot Jazz. Yeah, because Jazz is too generic to trademark. Yeah, um, it's which is weird because kind of which is weird because all it is is a piece of paper on the packaging that's saying the name of the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just weird. in case they've got to for the legality. It's so weird. Yeah, I um, you know I'm happy now. Give us Craven the Hunter. Don't make him not fucking, in, not in a spin-off Solomon. Not bit. in a spin-off. Like, Give us Craven and maybe do, that fan theory that Craven's a Wakandan um, character. Yeah, go uh, okay. for it. Absolutely go for it because who else is going to be like? Yeah, I I literally I grew up in a I grew up in a in a continent. Where I had the fiercest fucking animals to hone my skills, and also my freaking spears made of vibranium. Like, do you know? But what then I mean? you Go can't call him Sergei Kravenov. Uh he could have been uh, born into Wakanda. Maybe we'll get a glimpse. Secret romance. Maybe we'll get a tease of it in the Madam Web movie that's oh, coming from the writers of Morbius. Now, I know Morbius, which isn't even out, but they've already commissioned the writers to do a Madam Web movie. Now, I know Dan Slot on Twitter pointed out that that Madam Web that we're all picturing heads right now isn't the only Madam Web. Yeah, it could be. It's like, that's um, a Julia thingy. Julia Carpenter. Spider-Woman 2. Yeah. Electric Boogaloo. But, um, I just, no, no. Madam Web should be a component in another story. Do you know what I mean? No. 
No, 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 she should be in no, someone else's story. No, because they've got to have... Oh, God. Every Spider character has to have their own movie, Chris. God. Um, let's get into Do some what emails. Do and just make a Peter Porker movie. Just give us a Spider-Ham animated flick. That's all I want. That's all I want. And don't even write a script. No, just... Just give John Mulaney a studio for three weeks. Put him in front of a microphone and, and say, see what say things. <laughs> just poke him. Do the voice. <laughs> Do funnies. Turn it the other way. Do funnies. Flip it. Have Bill Hader write the script on cue cards <laughs> and, show, and show them to John in the booth. But like with the Stefan thing yeah. on SNL, have Bill change the occasional joke that John has no idea about and then show him the thing. And also give him direction only in the form of facial expressions. Yes. Yes. Being directed entirely by Bill Hader pulling faces at you. Um... <laughs> I recently binged all of the Stefan sketches, now knowing the actual context, and it's amazing. Well, but without the context, I was like, I don't get it. He's just—it's funny lines, but he just keeps laughing. I don't understand. Now I'm like, oh my god, it's because John Mulaney's changing the jokes last second, and Bill Hader's just seeing them for the first time. Well, this is glorious. Speaking of Bill Hader, <gasps> can we speak of Bill Hader? Um, oh, I started Barry. I watched episode one. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I really I like it, but I can see why. You I just to couldn't. Take a breather. I, I couldn't carry out. It's just <laughs> yeah. so crushingly depressing yeah but I've watched Dark Christmas so I'm ready for anything depressing now. yeah okay um, but yes. I've seen Skeksis eating oh god I'm ready for anything now. oh god are you sure <laughs> um, you wait until you get more of Henry Winkler in it um, <laughs> love Henry Winkler he's so good in it he's amazing he anyway. once dressed up in an ep- he wrote a kids book series called Hank Zipser which was adapted into a CBBC show uh, and he played he oversaw the adaptation and he played yeah. Mr. Rock the music teacher in it <laughs> Which was great, and we, it was while I was presenting at CBBC, and we always wanted to get him in, but we just could never make the schedules work. Yeah, we wanted to get him in to talk about the show. Oh, um, and um, but in one episode, it's Halloween, and everybody's dressed up in costume, like at the schools, like a school Halloween disco, what have you? Okay, and he dresses up as Alice Cooper. And the thing uh, is, when uh, Henry Winkler wears the Alice Cooper, like you know, the eye makeup and 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 a wig. He looks like Alice Cooper. Well, yeah, he's got the same sort of slightly melted face. It's really weird. I, I, sent a, I sent a still to Lucy, who's a huge Alice Cooper fan. She was like, he's on a CBBC show. I was like, that's Henry Winkler. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. I'm going to pull up a picture yes. while you read this beautiful um, email. But yes, this one comes in from Lewis and uh, sharing their thoughts on It Chapter 2. So Ooh, it's meets. from a while back. It says, hello, Chris and Matt. So I saw It Chapter 2. Now, I've never read the book or seen the miniseries. The only background I have for this story is the 2017 film, which I really do love. After hearing mixed things, I decided to go into the sequel with an open mind, and I enjoyed it for the most part. (laughs) As I said, I didn't have any preconceived notions going in and didn't know what to expect from the ending due to my unfamiliarity with the story. Starting with what I didn't like, it's way too long, totally doesn't justify its length, and the second act felt extremely repetitive. I enjoyed watching these characters I've warmed to go off and do their own thing, but this whole section just felt like a checklist. A character walks into a room, a scary set piece happens. The film repeats that six times in a row, and it gets so tiresome with no real breaks in between. The pacing really damages the film in my opinion, but the rest of it is pretty great. The cast are exceptional. Bill Hader is of course the standout, but the rest of the adult losers are all fantastic. Bill Skarsgård continues to amaze as Pennywise. He's so fun to watch. Hello. It's a shame there aren't any more scenes with him in. Whenever he does show up, you can't take your eyes off him. He reminds me of Robert Englund bringing such personality and menace to the role. Mm. It won't happen, and probably shouldn't, but I can totally imagine Skarsgård leading a horror franchise as Pennywise in the same vein as Elm Street. Agreed. It shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen. But we too could imagine but it. But I could imagine it. Uh, highlights from him with the bleachers scene and the I know your secret scene. So cool and creepy. 
Yes. That's on. Yes. We, I was listening to yes. the score yesterday by sheer coincidence, and the track called "Dirty Little Secret" is the score from that scene, and oh. the, the track is called "Dirty Little Secret" feet Pennywise. Oh. And it's because him singing that bit is on oh. the soundtrack. Well, midway through the track, this voice just creeps in like, I know your secrets. Oh, this is really weird. Funny you should mention the soundtrack. It took up my heartstrings too. The ending did get me mostly due to the score. Hey! It's so wonderful. The track Blood Oath from the previous installment is just gorgeous and I was happy to hear it here again. Overall, not as good as the first one, but I'll be revisiting this in the future and I'm excited to see, do so despite its obvious flaws. And of course, we've been seeing... Um, Andrea Machete out there talking about doing a supercut, like a, like a five hour long version of both films mashed together and with mm. new scenes added. So yeah, we may two scenes he wants to film that are that don't exist. We yet. may we may yeah. we, we may well see um, some more of that in in the future, uh, and it would be nice to because yeah, it's just one of those. It is one of those works that I go back to every so often. And it just as I get older, I feel differently about it and get different things from it and i and i can imagine the films being like that yeah as you oh, go yeah. back um because they do a, they do do a much better job i think than the miniseries of, ca- of capturing the spirit of the novel even if you know yeah i i i liked the length of chapter two because i like to sort of bathe in it but i can totally <laughs> see why it puts people up <laughs> that's a great description of of, of what sort of what sort of suckers you in if you're a fan of the way the chapter two plays out, bathing in it? This is a really interesting one. This comes from uh, tips. <laughs> this comes in from Luca, who looks like to be a first time writer. Hey, Luca. And says, "Oh shit, Tusk is on Prime. What? The stuff is on Prime. Oh, I'm watching some Prime. Later. Wait, the stuff? Where's the stuff? The stuff there. Oh shit. Sorry, Sorry guys. We're Kiki, getting, Kiki's just in Prime. the room strolling through Prime, and I've just seen like." Three movies on there that I want to watch. I could have um, let you tell us. <laughs> Sorry. No, I just I keep forgetting about it. It's on Prime. That surprises it me. It's on Prime. You think they'd want to yeah. get people to spend some money on that yeah. right now? But, and, uh, well, I've been it's a watching, good thumbnail too. I've been on Prime watching some uh, alien ripoffs recently. Yeah. For reasons which will become clear in a couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there's some interesting stuff on Prime to say the least. Um, this one comes in from Luca. Hey, Luca. Um, first time. Says. Writer. Dearest friend, official CDJ. So oh. obviously a Twitter follower. Okay, in person. Um, yeah. I seen after your SoundCloud account you are taking care of growing your effect on social medias. What? Mm-hmm. Will such as to assistance you if I could by featuring you what many indicated me? I've been employed stressful on needing to enjoy my SC profile, raised on searches, and obtaining more interaction. Nonetheless, it was for sure hard. Thankfully, I've received some dear close friends of mine. They demonstrated me this place, musicsupport.club, where I, in fact, come on enthusiasts together with best stuff is that I get to order as much as I do want to. You is able to see for yourself what's out there, or you can just ask me and I also will show you more. Always keep it up. I believe you're doing ideal. Far love from Luca Goodman. Thanks, Luca, for those very kind words of encouragement. I mean, we can't necessarily endorse a music club, support club, or what have you, but um, and you know, we appreciate you getting in touch. Uh, I like that you're able to go somewhere where you can come on enthusiasts together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, that's... That, whatever floats your boat, Luca. We're not going to kink um, you, Luke. This one... <laughs> fucking hell. 
I, I had to say that one. It was just so... I'm so glad you did. It was just so wonderful. Now cast it into the fiery pits of hell. Because we get a couple of those every week. We get a couple of like spam emails from the SoundCloud being like, how to optimize your SEO. I think you're doing great. I can help you get your music out there. Like, obviously... This is a robot because we don't make music. Because you referred um, to us as either Big Damn Cast or Official CDJ. <laughs> Always so, Official CDJ, yeah. Because yeah. uh, they just scrape it from the SoundCloud scene. Straight from the RSS. Um, God damn it. It's the return it's of been... Tom Monty! You know what, Chris? Mm-hmm. I'm feeling charitable. I'm going to do the voice. <gasps> do the voice. You said you'd only hey, bring it out for special occasions. It's a special occasion. I want to. That's a special occasion. <laughs> it's my justification for getting a Mackey's. Dear Chris and Matt, I was thrilled to see that you would be discussing the RTD era of Doctor Who, so I thought I'd ask you some RTD era-themed questions. What scene from the RTD era of Doctor Who, if any, is guaranteed to make you cry when you rewatch? For me, the Ninth Doctor's regeneration always makes me tear up. The way he is so accepting, and the fact that it's so sudden, and the way the music swells at his final words is absolutely fantastic, if you'll pardon the pun. It's such a beautiful scene and probably my favourite regeneration. What are your thoughts on Nine's regeneration? What do you think of his final line? So was I. Favourite story from each series of RTD's era, counting all the specials as one series. For me, Series 1, Bad Wolf, Parting of the Ways. Series 2, The Girl in the Fireplace. Series 3, Human Nature, The Family of Blood. Series 4, Silence in the Library, Forest of the Dead. The specials, The Waters of Mars. If you had to give one of nine stories to ten and one of ten stories to nine, which would it be? Two answers... And how do you think this change would affect these stories? Yours, Tom Monty. Thank you, Tom. Um, well, we'd love to answer, but we've run out of time now. Yeah, so we'll um, see you all next... No, go on, we'll have a quick start. Right, what scene from the uh, RTD era of any of you is guaranteed to make you cry when you rewatch? I don't Any, any loving cry. for the RTD era is... I is don't fan. cry. I don't cry, Doctor Who. It's never been able to get that illicit reaction from me. Quite. Quite the serum. So, there's nothing guaranteed to make me cry. Uh, for me... My last it's totally emotional. Of, my yeah. last rewatch of Father's Day made my eyes vibrate. Yeah, I can. Like, I, I, can get I was close. on the I was on the cusp of going because, like, as I've got older, I've realised more and more the, the the weight of what Pete is doing, and and yeah. when especially you you see the way he performs, it's brilliant when you notice. Yeah, you know that he when he's figured out what he needs to do, it's like oh my god, and the fact that he's saying goodbye to the daughter, he's never really going to know. Yeah. 
but he's had this chance to get to know her this one day, and you know that that is that's heartbreaking stuff. So that that one is yeah. the closest I get to sort of. I, I yeah, I can getting, get I, I can getting... get close, and Father's Day is certainly a um a candidate for that. And I'm not being like, oh, I'm too much to cry. Just like no, I just it's never really hit that mm. level of emotional depth for me. Um, but also, that's... now that you think of yourself while you're watching it. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, you just got to make your own entertainment, haven't you? Um, <laughs> I've, got to, I've got to do something with my hands. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> oh god, <laughs> um, disgusting. So and 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 I, and I, and I, and I, I feel like if it would ever make me happy cry at some point, it would be. Um, it would probably be school reunion. Oh yeah, school reunion has its moments actually. When she sees him when in, she, the, in the when, gymnasium. When she sees the TARDIS. And then the following yeah, conversations yeah. after that, it's like, oh yeah. my god, yeah, that's pretty beautiful. Yeah. Um, Unquiet Dead? Yeah, a little bit. When 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 when, the, when uh, he tells uh, Rose that Gwen's already dead. Yeah, that's hard. Um, that's really hard. Yeah, that, that's, like, that's... We can't save her, she's already, she's already gone. She's gone. Like, um, she's gone and she chose to do this. That's quite sweet. Yeah. Um, what are our thoughts on Nine's Regeneration? It my, happened. It is, it is my favorite. <laughs> no, it is my favorite in the modern run um, because it it's the again. If you want to, if you want to hear about it, go on YouTube, search up Nine is Ten. Well, it's setting uh, it's the tone. Isn't it? It's setting the tone for this new series of and, mm. and 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 it's introducing that idea to a whole new generation. Also, this Doctor has not. He's the Doctor, but he's not been himself. No, like the, the way he has been prior to this. But hey, thanks to Rose, like he's going to he's going to crack back into what yeah, he always it's was. that transitory so, phase is over. This is he's the he's the butterfly coming out of its chrysalis. At yes, this point. yeah, nine um, nine's the chrysalis and ten's the butterfly, and and Rose is the reason for it happening. And it's so I love that. I do like the way he sort of accepts it because sometimes it could be quite it, when ten was reluctant and everything. Like that is kind of shocking because none of the doctors have ever really. Apart from number two, none of them have really mm. passed on reluctantly. You know what I mean? Like, like Troughton is, of course, they don't word it as an execution, but on reflection, it's like, oh my god, he's yeah, it's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, like he's, you know, he's like, I'm making me giddy. No, no, this. You sort of see his face starting to warp and all this. So but it's okay because season six B happened. No, it didn't. So, um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like, but all the rest of them, they kind of accept it quietly, and that's really sweet. And my favorite regeneration from the original run. Is um is threes because I love the fact that he's like he, he sees that Sarah Jane's worried. He's like, was it tear Sarah Jane? No, don't cry. When there's life, there's and he fades away. He doesn't even get to stop. But his last thing, the last thing he does is he tries to comfort his friend. And Nines is very much the same kind of same kind of vibe. Like he's saying thank you to Rose. He's establishing to the new young viewers like this is what like this is regeneration. This is what this is about. You better get used to it because you're going to be seeing it every four years. <laughs> Get used to this bone structure, Doctor. Yeah. One day you're going to be shaving it. <laughs> um, you know, so it's it's you know, like I I love I love that. I I love it so much that I nicked his last words for my last live link uh, as part of Chris and Hacker. Yeah. Before I leave, I said to Hacker, I said, but you know what? You were fantastic. But we did the Frank side bottom arms every time we said yeah. fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. fantastic. You know what? So was I. So, so was I. I. And that was my one condition on my last link. I was like, I've, I want to have those words. Originally, here's a bit of background for CBBC that I don't yeah. think I've ever talked about on mic before. Okay. Um, I was originally going to regenerate into my replacement. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I pitched. 
But they screwed it up in several ways. One, they didn't, they hadn't cast anybody in time. That's the big one. They though. were really bad with it. Shortly yeah. after, they made Karim a new permanent presenter, so it would have made more sense for it to just be Karim. But they hadn't like confirmed, locked that he was going to be a permanent. Yeah, presenter at yeah, that yeah. Point. Um, and he'd already appeared like a couple of days prior to that, so it wouldn't have. Yeah, that would have kind well. of stymied that idea um, from working. Also, uh, logistics. The moment you say to a team. Uh, of exit producers like we kind of want to do something like this it doesn't cost that much it's just literally a trick shot and we just play it in yeah uh, they're just like oh it's a bit too complicated don't don't bother with that oh cheers guys but then also I, I got off a chat on Saturday so it's like it doesn't make sense for me to regenerate if I'm going to be doing a different slot on the channel no no it's just out of order yeah yeah you, li- you, you, live, your, you live your life out of order <laughs> like River Sanju oh River Sanju um, okay favourite story from each series series I'm sure we've done this yeah Babel Part I'm of the sure Ways I'm sure we've done this I would just shit him out Babel Part of the Ways yeah uh, series two. Oh, series 2 what did I say for series 2 last time School Reunion for me series. yeah School oh, Reunion School Reunion or maybe Impossible Planet Satan Pit no no Impossible Planet Satan Pit yeah Impossible Planet Satan Pit uh, every um, time uh, series three, uh, Blink. Uh, Utopia. Mm. There's just something about mm. that. I don't think it's the strongest story, but it, it, it's that was the one. That's the one I have the most visceral reaction to yeah. because I remember watching it go out and being like, "Oh, <gasps> oh!" As everything's yeah. falling apart in the last ten minutes. Series um, four, Midnight. Midnight, yeah. Uh, yeah. Very close second turn left. Specials. Was a Mars. Was a Mars. Um, if we had to give them one of nine stories to ten and one of ten stories to nine. I what? So if you're just talking about basic, forgetting, um, forgetting the character arcs, but just basic plot. Um, uh, Aliens of London, World War Three. If we're just going for the basic plot of like the idea of farting alien baby things in Downing Street, uh-huh. that would have been fun to watch Tenant play yeah, off against because yeah. it's very much sort of in in his vein. And he never really got a Slovene scene, did he? You briefly see a Slovene in Attack of the Grask, but he's not on oh, screen. Oh yeah, with it. of course. And then there's a Slovene in the bar mm. when he's saying goodbye to Jack. It ended time. That's it. Um, um, and I would give. Oh, I'd give Chris Midnight. That's a good show. Eccleston doing Midnight would be really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because again, it's basically a stage play. Yeah. Um, Which is why that would work so well. It'd be really cool to see. I mean, the slightly that. more abrasive personality might be. Yeah. Oh, be, yeah. Because he's not. He's not as friendly at this point. Like he's still kind of detached from people. Yeah. So he'd be. He would be going to see the. What is it? The. Medusa Cascade, whatever it believe it's called. Whatever He'd is. be going to see that just because he wants to see it, not because uh, yeah. he, w- he wouldn't be chatting away with the with the, all the passengers, would he? He wouldn't be. No, no, no. By the no. way, tenant sort of fucks up the entertainment system. Then he's like, oh, I guess we're all gonna have to talk to each other. Like Eccleston won't be doing that. He'd be trying to get his head down. <laughs> and also, it would have been Stay. a reu- it would have been a, 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 a reunion. So oh reunion yeah, it's gonna be a reunion. Well. Yeah. Very good, very good. I didn't think I had um, an answer for that, but <laughs> I'm not sure I do. <laughs> uh, so couldn't have put nine in school reunion because he definitely would have he would have found himself again much sooner. And yeah. series one would have ended really quickly. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I ooh, you know what might be interesting? Put Chris in Age of Steel. Yes. Mm, because yes. he's not he's not as blendy in as as Tennant is. That's true. Like, That's very true. He wouldn't he wouldn't have like tr- disguised himself he, as a waiter. He would disguised as a waiter. Change my jumper. Yeah. <laughs> he, he he would have been much more sort of blunt about it. I think. Yeah. And and sort of barged his way into everything. So, has anyone um, seen anything fall out of the sky recently? And would be very panicky. 
and and by by the same token, put Tenant into um, Ed's child. Ed's child. <gasps> Ooh, yes. And see how he approaches that differently. Because the tenth doctor's, we don't really see the tenth doctor bounce off of kids very much, no. do we? Whereas that we do with the ninth doctor, we realise the ninth doctor is actually really good with kids. Yeah. And then we don't really see that again until the eleventh doctor. We see, got fear her. No, well, like I said, <laughs> that was Matt and Chris, two lifelong Doctor Who fans, reluctantly answering a Doctor Who question. That's it, kids. That's it, boys and girls. Um, we'll be back next week. We're going to have to talk about Joker next week. Yeah, and it'll be spoiler-filled too, so yeah. uh, don't come into next week's episode expecting a spoiler-free take on the new Joker movie. Uh, but if you are worried about non-spoilers, I'm pretty damn sure one of us, if not both of us, will upload a video in the coming days. We're going to get into it. Yeah, the earliest I'll be able to see it is Sunday, but we'll sort that out off air. We'll... Do you know what? We'll, we'll Yeah, we'll, we'll go see it early next week. I don't want to give Todd Phillips any extra help, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, yeah well you know we've got to do something to support him because it is so hard to be funny in these woke times everyone's so wokeeth we're so woke and you can see it for yourself get to at bigdamncast on twitter get in touch with us bigdamncast at gmail.com twitch.tv bigdamstream for regular streams if you want to support the show if you want to support the show then please consider donating to or spreading the word about patreon.com slash bigdamncast cast exclusive content is yours early for as little as one dollar a month upwards yes that was an advert that was an advert but not a sponsorship let's pick a sponsor can we sponsor ourselves let's pretend we've got a sponsor um i've been trying hello fresh recently <clears throat> today's episode has been brought to you by hello fresh it baby. hasn't it hasn't <coughs> bloody hasn't but i've been enjoying hello fresh and that's all i have to say about that i've recently been trying to